Bombers 11-1 after a win in the Labor Day game. The first team to clinch a playoff spot. They've won back-to-back Labor Day games and looking good heading into the Banjo Bowl on Saturday. The coach is in studio. Your texts, your calls coming up on the Coach's Show. 1-0 once again. Thanks for being with us, Coach. Uh, no problem. No problem, Derek. How loud is that stadium when when they are when Saskatchewan's going well at the beginning how loud is that stadium from the sidelines yeah it's pretty loud not as loud as ours that is entirely fair yeah 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 so it's it's uh, yeah it's pretty good they do a great job I mean that's the beauty of having this rivalry that you know you're gonna have two packed houses and it's it's a long-standing rivalry and <laughs> you just you love being in that environment. Once again, I said it before uh, the game, whether they're cheering for you or cheering against you, it's a fun environment to be in. I, I hadn't noticed it the previous two Labor Day games th- that I called, but there were, I guess the number was about 30,000 people through the gate. It felt like 70% of them had an official CFL jersey on, be it blue, be it green. I thought, ooh, that's, that's really, that's, that's so nice to see. You could see every jersey and every player from every era from both teams. And I go, this is this is why everybody strives to be, you know, the Winnipeg and, and Saskatchewan markets in the CFL. Well, I, I can't remember exactly. I know I know that um, being around Winnipeg and driving through Manitoba, you see a tremendous amount of support for for the Bombers. And that's it, you know, when we first moved here, it caught our our kids off guard. They were just you know for a whole month, their neck hurt. Oh, there's a bomber plate. There's a guy in a bomber toque. There's a guy wearing a, a suit. A bomber suit. There's a guy in a three-piece suit carrying a bomber briefcase, you know, like there's everything. I think prior to, um, you know, quite some time ago, once again, I don't recall the exact stats, but Saskatchewan would have sold. They would have been right up there with merchandise, you know, compared to the the Leafs and the Canadians. And, you know, they would have – that whole province is decked out on on the day before a game, on a Friday before a Saturday game. Every bank teller, every dentist, they all have – Everything green on, I'm sure. Every adult shop on Broad Street had its mannequin done. As I walked past it, I'm like, oh, even there in, yeah. in rider jerseys yeah. as well. All we're right. There. We're there. We're there. <laughs> it's- yeah. Our, we have great fan support in terms of that. They they show their colors all the time. Yeah, it was fantastic to see. Uh, 204-780-6868, your calls and texts. In this first segment, we'll address the Garrett Marino, Zach Kalaros thing, and then we'll never talk about it again. How about that? Will never. I will never I will ask you, you to that. I will never ask you until Edmonton signs well, him no, no, you said and never. flips their and now ratio. You're, now you're no. Yeah, uh, until that. Uh, it was brought up to us because Doug and I didn't notice it during the game, and I don't know if I should be embarrassed by that, but I didn't notice Marino's contact with Zach Kalaros when it actually happened. Folks texted it in and said, "Hey, this happened. Please ask Coach about it." You've had a couple of days to look at it. What do you make of it now? Yeah, it's not a legal hit. It's, it's it's not a legal hit. <laughs> it should have been flagged. Um, they missed it. Um, like you said, you wouldn't expect to see that because the ball's already gone away. The play is nowhere near there. There's no chance Zach has the ball. Yeah, you know, it shouldn't have happened. But uh, you're not you're not the only one who who didn't see that exact contact because you're following the play. And you know, I I didn't see it right away either. So yeah, like. Someone had said, well, it's an option play. I'm like, well, no, it's it's a flip. Yeah, I thought about that at first, too. I thought well, maybe maybe that's what you could classify that as. Um, but then when you get a chance to sit down and, and really look at it, it's like there's no way in, 
he absolutely he knew the ball was gone. Yeah. Yeah. The the riders Fajardo ran an option play with I assume it was Hickson in the backfield going left to right where Fajardo goes for the edge and then he tosses it and he goes that's an option play where when I was in high school they said obliterate the quarterback. This was a quarterback who went flip and then I'm my play is yeah. over and there's no way you think I have the ball and then oh by the way if you thought I had the ball, you wouldn't have hit me with your chest. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a chance that, you, you know, as a defensive end, you think it's – or a defensive lineman or a linebacker on the other side of a play, you think it's a, a sally. So the quarterback might have kept it and booted out. Yep. But there's no chance that was the case in this play. Yeah. So for folks who, who haven't, this news coming in the last hour and a half or so, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have released defensive tackle Garrett Marino. Uh, news that – Fans from outside of Saskatchewan have been calling for for some time, and uh, now it's it happens after. To me, honestly, it was as I charted the game last night. I thought this was actually an effective game from Marino. He had, by my count, two tackles on run plays and three quarterback pressures, and the, the Riders releasing him today. Kate is curious uh, because there was no call, but after reviewing on a video replay, it's clear it was a late hit. Uh, what what could you do as a coach when you see a play that? you think needs to be looked at. Is it up to you yep. and your organization to, to try and draw the CFL's attention to a play? Or is she talking about during the game or is she talking about after the game? After the game. Yeah, I mean, there's um, clips that you send to the league after most games, you know, just to get clarification on. Once again, I think we've been through this before. I mm. usually send in a clip and say, you know, would I win a challenge? I want to know how this is seen from the command center's Point of view, so same thing. Um, you know, there'll be a discussion about various plays, not just that one, um, with someone from the uh, league office in, on the rules side. So um, that's just another one of those plays that'll get talked about. Do teams send in clips with the express intent of I, I believe this guy should be disciplined? I don't think so. Okay. You know, well, maybe they do. I. That's not. It's not the reason why I send in clips. I, I'm trying to figure out how do I win a challenge. I'm not very good at them this year. Yeah, it it happens. They they could be sticky. I mean, for for all the reasons that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Uh, your text, your calls, two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Kevin is with us first up on the line. Kevin, thanks for calling. You have a question for Coach Mike O'Shea? Yeah, well, you pretty much answered. It. I was just kind of asking what the ref said about. Uh, no penalty on that piece of garbage, Marino. The cheap shot. What the ref explained to you? Uh, pretty much explained. They didn't yeah, they, they said they looked at it and didn't see it that way. So, well, you know what? I hope one of our linemen take a shot at him on to defend their quarterback on Saturday. I think it'd be worth a fifteen-yard penalty. But no, I don't that's think not so. Happen with him I gone now? I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin. It's it, it to me, and tell me what what you thought of it. But it seemed like it was rough. But football is rough, so I get it. But it seemed unnecessary, and I thought, well, you have a penalty called unnecessary roughness, so that that seemed to fit it. How did you see it? Yeah, well, I thought it was like two seconds too late. Like, I mean. I, I didn't see it, but one of my buddies kind of mentioned. He said he almost had like a grin on his face too when he, when Marino did it. So whether that's true or not, I didn't know because I didn't go back and see it. But well, when guys turn around and look to see if there's a flag, that's an admission right there that they knew that they were doing something over the line. <laughs> so yeah, we we, yeah. we we see that quite a bit. Kevin, thanks for your call, man. Appreciate you listening. All right. Thank you, guys. Kevin with us on the line. Let's go to line two and welcome in Tim. Tim, thanks for listening. Uh, your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. 
Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Oh, good, Tim. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm from Cartier, Manitoba. The reason I'm calling you about, uh, I know the Bombers won the coin toss, right? Yeah. No, Saskatchewan won the coin toss. No, nope, Saskatchewan right? won the twi- coin toss. Yeah, there's yeah, confusion the about toss, that. Uh, okay, good enough. They had the, the, they had the scrimmage in the first quarter, right? Yes, they, they, the they took the ball, yep. Yes, and uh, I was watching uh, the second half. They had about the same again. Yep, second half. It's not possible. Yeah, so they had the ball again at the start of the second half. Yeah, whoever whoever doesn't win the coin toss so uh, gets what choice in the second what half. I mean, I thought I thought they have the let let's see the one the coin toss. The Saskatchewan could defer, right? Correct. How come again at the third quarter, you got the start of the third quarter again, Saskatchewan had the ball. Yeah. I, I, I just can't figure it. Yeah. yeah. So so you know here, what I mean? here's what we did. We, we have the choice in the second half. So at the start of the second half, the captains go out there and they get to choose um, a variety of choices, right? We chose to take an end all right, so that we would have the wind behind our back. We chose to defend a certain side of the stadium, certain side of the field. So then when we flip in the fourth quarter, we have the wind at our back. We scored all our points with the wind at our back. In the fourth quarter. And the second quarter, we scored 17 with the wind at our back. So I chose to take the wind again in the fourth, seeing how it was a tight game. It may come down to a field goal or a, a punt single through the end zone, and we had already scored our touchdowns going that way too. So I, I just think it's it serves you well. Now the wind did die, um, but we still managed to hit a fifty-five yarder. Uh, yeah, I with, know, uh, noticed it. Yeah. yeah. So that's that it was our choice, and we decided. Uh, well, I decided to to do it that way. Yep. Hope that clears it up for you. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. Hey, thanks for thanks for inviting. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you being with it. It is. It, it's unusual to kick off twice in a game. Like it. It doesn't happen very often. So there have to. There's a real good reason why a coach would go. Yeah. You know what? You can have the ball again. And I mean, you you say it perfectly. And by the way, Legio in that direction hammers a 55 yarder with room to spare. Yep. So yeah. It's it, and there wasn't much of a tailwind at that point. Honestly. Was there not at no, all? No, not it, it was. It had died down considerably. I thought compared to the warm up, compared to the first half. Well, when Vedvik drills that kickoff five yards deep into the end zone, going in that direction yes. earlier in the game. Yes, that's above his average, obviously. Well, and that's now from the thirty. I went. Yeah. Oh, right. That drove home five yards deep in the end zone. It was. Yeah. It was. It's so deceptive being up in the booth versus what you are in down in the field that I I just can never tell what it's like down there. But you just kind of infer based on decisions that are made by coaches who who know so yeah it uh when we saw you were kicking off because i said oh no the the bombers will receive the kickoff oh no there goes the kicker on the field so no unusual but comes with good reason appreciate the call ron is with us we will get to him in just a moment uh derek in winnipeg uh, wants to ask how friggin good is mark leggio coach o'shea is that is that you, Derek? It is in you, fact you me. Just typed your question in. <laughs> I did just edit to my oh, fifth. Uh, okay, I am unnecessarily uh, enthusiastic about kickers, and when you send Mark Leggio out for fifty-five yarder, uh, the Riders had tried Brett Lawther from fifty-seven in that direction. I thought, wow, this says a lot about what O'Shea thinks of Mark Leggio, 
And Legio hammered that ball with room to spare. And he those were the winning points. Yeah. Well that is that was it was I'm so impressed with Markov for that one. Yeah. He he certainly um had did very had had performed very well in the warm up too. Uh Boo, our special teams coordinator, obviously watches all the kicks in the warm up and you know, has his own little mental chart on how, how things went and um we had him pegged Boo had him pegged from fifty going in that direction. So we would have been we would have trotted him out for a fifty seven yarder. Oh, from the fifty yard line. Yes, okay, yeah. Yes. So you know, this was it within the range, even though the wind had died. And, um, you know, as, as Boo was saying, he was money going that way in warm-up. So let, let him go out and try. I mean, you need to. You'd probably trot him out from even further if it's that games on the line type of kick, right? Um, but, yeah, very happy for him. His teammates are happy for him. I'm sure he's <laughs> pleased too. But uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get back to work and keep on keeping on. This is a question I actually I don't know the answer to, but is is punting in opponent territory more difficult, less difficult, the same difficult when you have a, a, a significant win going with you? You got to say that question again. Punting in uh, punting in opponent territory in plus territory is it more difficult, you, less difficult? Behind you, yeah. Um, Had you sent him out for a punt, are you as confident he could put it where you want to with the wind at his yeah, back? I or mean, less? They, they 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 work all around the stadium during warm up, so they have a good idea. Um, both hashes, each direction, you know, how that's going to go for them and what they need to do. Yeah. Okay. So just like confident in any other situation. Yeah. And okay. and, and the, the game flow, the game situation will dictate what you do. It's not going to be not, it, it, it might not be, you know, Oh, I, I think the wind's too strong. He's going to kick a single. I, I just think the game flow is going to dictate, a, you know, a lot of these decisions for you. For sure. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in. Ron is with us. Ron, thanks for your call. Your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. My question, I have two. My question is the running game. I'm waiting for our running game this year to to be like last year's game. And I'm watching the Saskatchewan running game, comparing our running game, what comparing the two backs. And, um, I mean... A running game in Saskatchewan, they they outran us. I don't know what the end rushing yards was. Well, but, the end result uh, was a win for us. So, oh, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you yeah, should but, just start by enjoying that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I did okay. enjoy it. I've just, like I said, I don't know. Is it the back? Is it the offensive line? Like what? Why can't we run the ball like we did last year? Oh, I don't think that's the case. You know, I, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to compare those numbers. I think teams are different every year, okay. um, and I'm not just speaking about us. I'm looking at how teams defend us and how teams defend the run to gain, a run against us, the fronts they employ, um, the linebacking core, where they align, who they are. Um, you know, I do think that teams have a better understanding of what they have to do to beat us, and I think, you know with Zach Claros and, and Buck and our offense and our coaching staff, we can find a lot of different ways to win. Doesn't always mean we're just going to keep banging our head against the wall. Once again, I, I like the fact that we are ahead of the sticks when we're running the ball. And whether that's a gain of four or gain of six or gain of 10, 
as long as we keep on staying ahead of the sticks and, and chip away at them, something's going to break at some point, right? So I'm not uh, – and in terms of Saskatchewan's run game, yeah, they've, they've, they've found a run game. And, you know, that's part of how they believe they're going to win football games is by handing the ball off more than not possibly. And they do they, – they, it's interesting, right? They're – their power game is add a lot more gaps inside and make defensive players, non-box defensive players, come into the box and figure out where to fill. And it's, I mean, it's it's a good test. It's a good battle. And it's quite enjoyable to watch whatever the outcomes of the runs are. Now, would I like us to tackle better and stop them sooner? Sure. Would I like our runs to go further? Sure. But there's nothing wrong with our run game. Okay. Yeah. Um, Second one. Next question for yeah. Next question. If Chris Strebler decides he's going to come back to the Canadian Football League, are the Bombers interested? Chris Strebler is is with the Jets, and he's going to stay as long as he possibly can. Um, and um, he's going to get another shot. Even if he wasn't with the Jets, he'd get another shot somewhere else. So that's those are hypotheticals. I okay. I prefer Chris Strebler to stay down there and and make the money he deserves. He's a he's yeah, a so, yeah. he's a besides being a very good super tough quarterback and leader, he's a great teammate and lots of teams mm-hmm. would be lucky to have him. Ron, thanks for your call. Appreciate you being with us. Bye. You can also get us at DT on OB as my Twitter handle. That's where DeBoss underscore wire sends this. Said Nick Dembski in the postgame show said he would have gotten the strap from Coach O'Shea if he took a penalty while not dressed. True or false? Uh, I'm a pacifist. <laughs> Nonviolent person. Uh, I feel like people who are at this time remembering how you were as a player would uh, would be surprised to hear Nick, of the turn that you've, you've Nick, experienced. Dick Dembski, I think, grew up in an era where there was no such thing as the strap anymore. I don't even know how he would know that. <laughs> Which is why I love that he dropped that reference. Yeah. Um, his touchdown, uh, taking Derek Moncrief and then... He had a what was it a ninety yard touchdown rob by by a really nice defensive play. Nick had a Nick was big in this game. Yeah, I mean the adjustment on that ball that he caught on second down over Moncrief was incredible, right? He's, he turns his body around. He's just got that natural athletic ability that allows him to do that and make it look easy. And it's not easy. It is not easy to do that as a receiver running full speed, flip back around and track a ball like that, um, and then just you know, silky soft hands to, to bring it in. I mean, it's, we've talked about this before. Once again, he's as good an athlete on the field anytime he steps on the field as there is on there. You know, he really is. Yeah. And he's, he's as versatile a weapon. Yep. He's uniquely versatile in the Canadian football league. We've discussed it on a couple of pregame shows, but the way he's been used since he's been in Winnipeg, there is no player that matches that in the Canadian Football League. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Evan, who's been very patient. Evan, thanks for being with us. Your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, Coach Mike, congratulations on the season so far. Uh, everything's awesome. Just love watching you guys play. Um, I just had a question about the kicking this year. They moved the hash marks in, and I was curious, do you think that made kicking more difficult or easier? Like, I think the thought theory was to make it easier but is there to me it just seems like i'm watching cfl football that there's more missed kicks this season than i noticed before yeah i have not taken the time to analyze it i i would be with you i would think it should make it easier i mean they would have kicked from those points 
at some point during games because uh, you know the ball sometimes ends up in the middle of the field or closer to the middle. So, um, you know, at the end of the year, they will take another stab at all the stats and they'll analyze all the kicks. I think you have to look at the kickers also and see you know who's in the league and who's uh, who's who's making the kicks and who's missing them. So, I think it's a bigger study than just saying. Is it easier or is it harder? I think personally it should make it easier, but I'm not a kicker. And uh, when I've tried to kick a ball uh, from a hold off a tee, it has not worked out very well. So we'll wait till the end of the season to look at it. Yeah, great. Uh, and, yeah, that, that's it. Just uh, thanks, thanks a lot, Mike, and uh, good work, DT. Have a good night, guys. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate you being with us on The Coach's Show. Sydney has also been very patient with us on Line 4. Sydney, welcome to The Coach's Show. Uh, your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Yes, first of all, congratulations on a great season. And I got uh, two questions for Coach O'Shea. The first one is that penalty by Duke Williams on the sideline. Was that objectionable conduct or was that roughing? OC, objectionable conduct. My second question is um, what's your opinion on Coach um, Saskatchewan barring all his players that are not dressed from the sidelines? Uh, yeah, so if you didn't hear me, that, that was an objectionable conduct penalty. Um, I'm not sure if it was on Duke. That's the conversation, but I think Saskatchewan is saying it might not have been. I'm, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, uh, Craig's going to do whatever he has to do for his team, you know, to help them win football games. You know, he's. I'm sure every decision he makes, like most head coaches, every decision you make is based on how do you help your team win that week. So if that's what he feels he needs to do, that's what he's going to do. And I'm not there. I'm not on their sidelines. I'm not in their locker room. But I would so it's I would never want to make a comment like that. But I do trust, and I I know Craig. We spend a lot of time together on committees and various things. You you know you're around them in the off season. Um, I just know that he's he's he would be making a decision that's best for his team to help them win that week. Okay, thank you very much, and best of luck. Yep, no problem. Sydney, thanks for being with us on the Coaches Show. Brian is with us on line at number one. Brian, thanks for being with us. Your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Hi, guys. Uh, Mike, yeah, during um, halftime, I thought that first half was interesting. Like, it's like 34 points, so I thought I kicked the over. So I only needed 12 or more points in the <laughs> second half. Then things turned around. I know that Saskatchewan shot themselves in the foot of all their, their um, penalties and in that bad challenge. And for us, like, I don't know, like, we had some points. I thought we could at least get a couple of touchdowns. So was it, like, do you think the defense stepped up for both sides or do you think there was execution for the offense or a combination of both? It's it's a combination of multiple things, not just both. You, you know, there's so many factors that go into why or or, or why not the ball is moving <laughs> or not moving. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, I can't help you on the over-unders. It's illegal <laughs> for me to even talk about it. You've never heard of that term, as I understand. Well, no, no. No I, Last year you said, take us for the Grey Cup game way before the season was, was just starting. I remember you were joking around then. Not in a betting context. Yeah, <laughs> back. A, Brian, I feel you. I'm, I'm on the betting side, so I feel you for that one. People holding me over really wondered what happened there. I'm with you. Uh, got time for one more question? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah the BC Lions, they already have three buys. <laughs> so I'm thinking, how how is that possible? Like, it's so weird and... I guess if they're catching, trying to catch up for first place with us, they'll have to play the full season out now. Like, that's, do you know why that's why that is, Mike? 
uh, scheduling. We didn't yeah. get the buys, and they got ours. I don't know. Like it's 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 the quirk of the scheduling um, this year, and you know, it's I, I'm sure that they are not worried about their schedule. I'm sure they're just going along like, hey, this is what our schedule is, and we have a plan for it. So I don't think um, scheduling upsets coaches like it's made out to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. Brian, thanks for your call. Appreciate to be with us on the coaches show. Uh, do you want some nerdy field goal numbers? About you do the, whatever you want. About the, the hash this marks? This your show. <laughs> so uh, this season, up to date, if you take every kick and you measure it against every kick that's been made in the last 15 years in the CFL, kickers right now are 46 points above expected, which is which is on pace for the best number since 2018, a year that included Justin Medlock. So kickers are going pretty well right now. Oh, really? Uh, last year, they were about two points below expected. It was not a great year for kickers this past season, so or in 21. So uh, whether that's the hash marks or that's Rene Paredes. Could be COVID. Could also be they COVID. They might have access to facilities. They might not have been able to train. You know, there's all sorts of reasons, right, if you want to yep. do a deep dive. But, you know, as soon as you started talking field goal stats, it was like Charlie Brown's teacher. Eh? I was like, <laughs> ah. I'm just nodding my head here, Derek. <laughs> Mark Leggio's 55-yard field goal was uh, what those are made, what, 60% of the time, 57% of the time? Because Medlock lived in the league for so very long. So uh, for, for folks curious, kickers are doing real well this season, whether that's the hash marks. I remember at the beginning of the uh, of the season, I went back and looked, and most of Leggio and Ali's misses came outside what are now the hash marks. But does that mean anything? And from, distance, and from a fair distance. I trotted them out from a pretty oh. decent distance early on. Legio's average field goal attempt last year was 45 yards, which is 10 yards above the league average. And you go, okay, yeah, yeah I, I, I see. I Five of eight makes sense. I, I crushed him a little bit. It was not good. <laughs> not good coaching on my part. But if that set the stage for a 55-yarder that wins the Labor Day game, I think as Bomber fans, we are all in favor of that. Plenty of texts and calls to come in the final minutes with Coach Mike O'Shea. Grant, you've been very patient. Thank you for that. Your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Yes, Mike. Uh, I don't know what court it was. I forget. But uh, Mr. Marino hit uh, Calaris pretty hard there when the ball was gone a long time ago. Should have that been a penalty? And do you have a game plan to watch this guy every minute, even after he throws the ball away? That's my question sure uh, grant uh, the news today from saskatchewan they actually released garrett marino today a couple uh, about an hour and a half ago so marino will not be in the banjo bowl okay so just just to give you that one now i'll let the coach take it from there okay yeah so we don't have a plan for him <laughs> and we, we we wouldn't we wouldn't do it that way anyway that's not the way we we would operate um you, you know the plan is to block them no matter who they are no matter what they play like, you got to block them regardless. Um, and then, yeah, I do. I think there should have been a penalty. Yep. At the time, I didn't. I didn't quite see that on the field uh, because I was watching the play develop. Saw the replay. Uh, if with our guys in the booth, they saw it happen. If we had a challenge, I would have challenged it. But I didn't have a challenge left. I believe I'd already used my timeout. And then the officials said they looked at it and they didn't think it was. They didn't see it as a penalty at that point, but they are limited by their by their number of replays, also. So, right. I, that's all I wanted to know. I yeah. think you, I think uh, you guys upstairs should have pulled you right away, but you didn't have a challenge. No, they, yeah, they did tell me right away. Yeah, 
yeah, if you see the, if you watch the the replay on TV or watch it, there's I'm giving the ref an earful, <laughs> and I think if you watch what I say, I'm asking if they looked at it in the booth. Not a boy. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Grant. Appreciate you being with us. Grant, nice to be with us uh, on the line. Uh, a texter pointing out, we talked about the running game a block ago. A texter pointing out, oh, we have the league's leading rusher, by the way. <laughs> Brady Oliveira, 642 yards rushing. Uh, that is 48 ahead of Kadeem Carey, who sits in second place. So, yes. Yes. Uh, Dom is is uh, with us on the text line. Said, tuned in a little bit late. Did you ask the coach about the single the Bombers gave up? Let me set the stage for it. 17-17, fourth quarter, 7.55 to go. Uh, Vedvik's punt makes its way into the end zone for the single point. The way you wanted it to go or not the way you wanted it well, to go? Uh, he did pound one. I, in the air, it might have been over 60 yards. I know it was a, recorded as a 78 or 77-yarder. So in the air, it might have went, it was over 60 yards for sure. And we were lined up because he was into the wind. We were lined up at about his average, which would have been somewhere around the 45, 45 yards away. So our returners got a double back. The ball bounces. The mark we usually stand at is the 10-yard line. If it's a shorter punt, uh, we'll stand at the 10 over our head. We let it go for a single, depending on game situation. That one I had no problem with, right? We have the wind behind us. I think we can we can make up a single anytime. Um, you know, with, with field position, you, you believe you're going to make up the single, you're going to score, especially with the wind. We'd already scored 17 with the wind. Um, uh, legs was kicking well, so you can end up kicking a field goal, getting a punt single or driving in for a touchdown is what you really want. Uh, so I have no problem with that. Once again, uh, of that monstrous punt, he, he let go. They only netted 27 yards. So we got the ball at the 40 where if he catches it, picks it up at the goal line or runs it out. We're probably starting, just say, at best 15-yard line, possibly. I remember commenting at the time that it bounced on the 12 because home backtracks to the 15. So it goes from the 42 to the 12, crossing midfield, 56 yards before it bounces, which is... In the wind, yeah, that's a good punt. They we were certainly weren't expecting him to bomb one of those. Someone, someone in the league, when when the riders signed Vedvik, said he has the strongest leg in the world. And you're like, okay, I kind of believe it when I've seen him kick a couple of these balls. Uh, it's just as as viewers, we go, oh no, they gave up the lead. Yeah, it's not it's not like that on the sideline. Okay, it's it's a turf war, right? In the end, you count up all the points, but in between the points, it's, it's it's you count up yards and it's a turf war and we're we believe that that single you know they only net 27 we win the turf war in that particular play right we start from the 40 you're three first downs away from kicking a field goal yeah you know so um certainly believe with the wind at our back too if we had to punt in certain situation we said hey you know let it go legs and see if we can't we got to get a single here that's a possibility too but I don't know that at seven minutes left in a CFL game when we have the wind and you got Zach in our offense and, you know, I don't think you're ever sweating the point, you know. It's interesting. At because that point of the game. Coaches do everything in order to get to get to tied at several points in the game. We need to tie this game up. We need a two-point convert here well, with 12 yeah. minutes left in the second quarter, so we're back tied. That's, that is just, I, that's it's, not the way. I don't think we operate that way. There's a no, lot of yeah, times well, where it's too early to take that try and go for the two. You would disagree. You would disagree wholeheartedly. Oh, I think well on that one. I think you always go for two. Uh, just on that, I find it's interesting that coaches 
clearly – well, this is a whole, totally different conversation about relative score. Coaches abandon what they think is the most value, – more valuable in order to tie the score with 52 minutes left in the game. And I go, yeah. I don't understand that at all. No, I don't. Uh, but take what you think gets you the most points. Pile up the money and then figure out if you have more money than the other guy. Monopoly. Pile it up early on. Buy the properties, and then at the end we'll settle it all out. <laughs> sure. That was a terrible metaphor, but uh, that's where I went, and and that's uh, that's what I've got. Four minutes to go in the coaches' show. Back to back with the riders. How do you? Uh, what's the banjo bowl like? Is it like Labor Day? Is it our Labor Day? What it, what is it like? Because it used to be the Labor Day rematch, and every other team has well, two other games have Labor Day rematches, but we have the banjo bowl. Which fans get kooky for, and I love yeah, it. I mean, it's it's a dynamite atmosphere. It's uh, you know, it's unbelievable, um, just to feel the passion. And I mean, it is it's super loud all the time, anyway. But this is this has got a different flavor to it. It's one of those ones, honestly, where the, the conversation with the team has to be about us controlling our emotions now, too, right? Because you can get really fired up, and and once again. You know, in the play, I would say that players don't hear much. You know, they like again. I said before they're they're tuned into their teammates' talk, right? Communication, but outside of the play or on the bench or coming in and warming up, I mean, it's it's explosive. It's wonderful. It's all these adjectives <laughs> you could use, um, and I mean, it's it's great for the league and it's great for our fans. I mean, anybody even watching on TV is, should should be able to feel that passion through the through the set. Yeah, at the at the very beginning of the season, before game number one, I talked to, gosh, who was it? Donald Rutledge, and I talked to uh, Cedric Wilcox, and I said, "What's the biggest rival you've been in? What do you know about Winnipeg, Saskatchewan?" I've been saving it for this week, so I can now ask them, "What do they know about Winnipeg, Saskatchewan?" Because I believe I would wager both have come back changed men now that they've seen what the biggest rivalry in the Canadian Football League is all about. Uh, yeah, I, I think they really appreciate it. You know, once again, players love playing in front of fans. Yeah. So, um, for or against, it's, I, I think our guys had fun in that game in Regina. You know, not just a win. I think it was a, it's a fun atmosphere to play in. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. But in the end, I think they could say, yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. While we're on that, Donald Rutledge has been your starter at the Dimeback, Sam Linebacker, whatever you want to call it, all season long. Uh, he got a sack in this game. How do you feel about uh, Rutledge so far this season? Oh yeah, he's he's been he's been terrific. He's he's uh, really a conscientious learner. You know, I I, I like that. He's he's uh, a very calm guy. He is explosive. Like he can get to the ball in a hurry and and deliver. Uh, deliver hits and um, you know so he he's there's a lot to like about him he's always learning which is which is good and there's still a ways to go he's he's a rookie right so yeah there's still lots for him to learn which i think is exciting also when you said the word calm there i just started to think of every player on your team and there are a lot of i don't know if it's if it's all the winning or if it's something that comes from the organization coaching staff down but there are I I feel like there are a lot of calm players on Zach could not have been I was screaming at the touchdown he throws at Dalton Schoen. Zach's like, All right, let's let's go celebrate and then we'll go back and talk see it on film. A lot of calmness throughout this team, it seems it feels like. Well, right personalities, uh the right leadership core in the locker room. Um 
and the right coaching staff that has the guys prepared. You know, you don't you don't panic for a test you know the answers for. Yeah. Right. So you don't panic if you're down one point with eight minutes to go and the yeah, wind at your back yeah. in, in hostile territory. Word. You're going to use that word now all the time. That, no, like, no, I just, just like that doesn't even enter into it. Just parallel word construction. Yes, it's it it's just wordplay. No, it's even enter into it. Right? Yeah, no, it's and it was a fantastic game and I cannot wait for the rematch Saturday. Doug Brown and I will be there for kickoff the pregame show two hours before Come on down to IG Field, visit us, see how tall Doug Brown is in person. He's now just regular people, but he may play some cornhole with you if you ask him nicely. Ted Wyman, Ed Tate, Marissa Turton, the whole gang will be there. Yeah, my, my PSA at this time, hey, school's starting again. Be careful through school zones. Watch your speed. Kids are all over the road, so be careful. I love it. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea, the coaches show on 680 CJOB.